I'm back in the Pacifico time zone. Feels good. So, does it just work like in Yuma they don't adhere to... Arizona just doesn't do spring forward or fall back. So That's just awesome. I had no idea yeah. that certain states didn't do that. I mean, Arizona's the only state that does it. Wow, Arizona. new way. That's a new way of, way of thinking. I, I admire that. I think that we should, as a country, we should adopt that. You know. Tommy uh, joining us from the void. I'm in the void. Uh, still have computer problems over on my side of the uh, the aisle, so we're still working on that. We're doing some crowd crowdfunding, a lot of good. Uh, are you? Good are events, you? I so can't see you. Are you using uh, headphones without a mic? Because it was awful editing it the last time I did that for you. I'm sorry. I do. I do have no. I have micless uh, headphones. All right. We're 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 good now. Yeah. It was All a right. one. It was a one episode uh, suspension. Okay. Um, Lee, did you want to start with your little Steelers yeah. monologue? Yeah, I can just kick it off with, and this is just, you know, kind of a yelling at the sky kind of thing because uh, on my fake Twitter, um, it thinks that I'm like a Steelers fan. I think because I follow Devin Bush and and Paul Zeese and, you know, I, some by some algorithm or another, I get like Penguin stuff. I get like, like it's everything. I get a lot of Pittsburgh. You're a Pittsburgh guy. I'm a Pittsburgh guy, yeah. I get like West Virginia you know, Pirates reporting to uh, spring training. Yeah, like it's weird. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't mind it really because it's like whatever. I don't really care. But um, we're Latrobe boys. And we're, those have been to Latrobe. I admire. You know, Pittsburgh's a great sports city. I, I respect it. Um, but there's there's this conversation happening, like surrounding whether or not Mason Rudolph is going to be the starting quarterback, and it's and it really like frustrates me because it's like there's there's just it's like a waste of time to even consider that he'd be the starting quarterback, in my opinion. And maybe I'm going to sound like an idiot if he is, but I just think that there's no – like the media is like, oh, like uh, uh, Deontay Johnson liked to tweet that, uh, you know, Deshaun Watts – getting Deshaun Watson to Pittsburgh and, and Minka Fitzpatrick did something that was saying he wanted uh, Russell Wilson or something like that. And it's like, it's clear that these guys don't like, uh, you know, don't want Mason Rudolph to be the quarterback. And it's almost just like, that's like, of course they don't, you know, like you, you had, you just had an opportunity to replace Big Ben who was like, stayed for too long because he almost like had, he was kind of grandfathered in at a certain point. And even he, he at the end of his career was better than Mason Rudolph. Like you have a sample size of Mason Rudolph. And I just feel like it would be completely asinine to think that. You could just start Mason Rudolph and be, you know, like a, a good team. I don't know. So I just thought that, that was kind of a waste of time that anyone would even consider that. It's like let's move on from the Mason Rudolph conversation because it's clear that they're going to make some type of move, you know, at quarterback. <clears throat> and I assume uh, everyone knows that also extends to Dwayne Haskins as well. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> leaving, leaving no doubt. Yeah, I, leaving no doubt. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree, Lee, but this is just like typical uh, yeah, no, this time I, of I year. I guess I should just ignore you know? it. All right, Lee, thank you for, uh, yes. for your monologue. Thank Appreciate you. it. Uh, Eva Free Agency, man. So I think the, the league year starts on Wednesday, but tomorrow is the first day where everything is going to start popping off. A um, couple guys down the stretch here getting um, tagged or getting some long-term deals. Uh, before we kind of talk about the guys who are going to hit the open market, any uh, remarks on some of the signings uh, that you guys have seen? Anything notable popping off the page? Other than, of course, uh, good old Brady <laughs> unretiring, I guess. Yeah. We, could, we, we kind of buried the lead there, but but yeah. Um, Not that I... Amari trade, Amari not hitting the market. That's yeah. That's a big one. I think that, that was an interesting one to me. Um, obviously, Odell's gone. Uh, Jarvis Landry apparently is, is being granted permission to seek a trade. Um, uh, Tommy, I just want to ask you, I mean, you obviously you're the you know Cowboys guy. Uh, also have, have shown some affinity for Andrew Barry and the Browns. Uh, obviously seems like a, a good move getting a, a guy like Amari uh, for the price that they got it, which is basically what, like a fifth round pick. And the only other thing I was going to say, though, is it's kind of shown that obviously Odell goes to – L.A. and then plays pretty pretty well. You know, he, is he maybe what he was in his rookie year with the Giants? No. 
But it, it seems like this offense hasn't exactly been friendly to, to you know, big-time wide receivers. Um, you know, is there any feeling with you that Amari can be the one to, to kind of break free, or is it a Baker issue? I don't know really what my question is, but... Yeah, I I think it's it's definitely they're a still paying Amari. Uh, I guess my point is they're still paying Amari Cooper like twenty mil, and obviously they had a wide receiver need, yeah. and he helps fill that. But you know, it, it, do you think the Browns are a team that really should be paying their wide receivers this much money with the fact that they really run the ball a lot um, and try and do a lot of uh, play action there with with Stefanski? Well, what I will say about Amari Cooper is I I do think he's a better fit for the offense than Odell, and that's kind of just a not really a well-researched uh, opinion, but it just is kind of a feel thing. I think, I mean, Amari Cooper has a pretty complete route tree. I think that he can kind of fill that Jarvis Landry role. I think once, uh, you know, CD came into town in Dallas, uh, he kind of would go to the slot. It uh, kind of took a lot of those slot snaps, and Amari was a guy that, you know, for that first year he was with Dallas, he was a true number one, and they moved him all over the place. So I think when it comes to Amari, it's just the health question. I think that's a legitimate concern. He dealt with injuries a lot during his time in Dallas, and, was not right for a lot of the time last year, but when healthy, he's still one of the top receivers in the league. And I think at this point, whether Cleveland's going to be moving on from Baker, or, you know, giving it another go with him, they need to, you know, surround him with as much talent as possible and, and really, you know, give him, you know, as, as least an excuse as possible. So uh, I think this is a, g- a good move for Cleveland. I think this is a team that should be kind of pushing their ships towards the center of the table because, this is a team that obviously last year around this time I was really I was really high on, especially after the draft, and I still really believe in. So I think they need to be aggressive in an ever-competitive AFC. Yeah, I think um, this is probably a controversial take, but I think that there's still a decent chance, uh, not decent, but there is there is a chance that Baker's not the starting quarterback week one for the Cleveland Browns. I still think that, that you know there could be some alternate – um, ways that they could go that that we're not you know we we're not privy to right now so we'll see um, I, I don't know I think Amari Cooper's a really good player and I think that yeah you know they they didn't really trade much for him and um, I think he's uh, yeah and that wide receiver room is is empty you know you got Peoples Jones you got you got Donovan Peoples Jones and Amari Cooper now so. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. They still should be eyeing a receiver in the draft and potentially signing someone. I mean, this is this is no nowhere near from finish. And and maybe I kind of want to just touch on the Gallup signing. Um, just a, I, I kind of it seems a little high to me for Michael Gallup, kind of piggybacking over the Cowboys with him taking kind of Amari Cooper's role. Um, I think Michael Gallup's a really a really good receiver, but I mean, I think I guess they kind of have to do this with with losing Amari, and they don't want to draft a receiver, even though they they probably will be in a pretty good position to do so in the at twenty five or wherever they are. Um, so I, you know, I, I'm not saying that this is a guy that I think is is overpaid and and could you know be a bad contract down the line, but just uh, some big shoes to fill for a guy who who has a lot of talent um, and is a pretty complete receiver, but you know still has some stuff to prove. So, and, and the Cowboys have, have not been good contractually, obviously, as we, we all know with Zeke, but, you know, Jalen Smith, obviously, and uh, some other guys that I sometimes, I, I, I trust them in the draft room, but when it comes to rewarding players with contracts, they can get a little overzealous. So, All right, moving, uh, and then Kirk Cousins got an extension through uh, 2023. Not really sure what... Uh, what that means for the for the Vikings QB future got Mond there uh, as well. Yep. Got a new coach. Uh, got Rodgers staying in the division. So just uh, an interesting signing there. I I, I felt like. Uh, but other than that, uh, obviously you also had the the Mike Williams sticking with the Chargers. I think we touched on that um, last episode. But uh, a lot of uh, quality players hitting uh, the free agency uh, market. Going to be uh, quite a quite a week this week as teams kind of fill in some of those needs. You know, I would say, I don't know how you guys feel about free agency. I would, you know, for teams, I think this is a time where you really got to start filling some of those needs. So the time you get to the draft, you don't really feel like you're you're pigeonholing yourself uh, into a position and you can kind of just see how the board falls and, and take base, best player available. But then also you don't want to uh, spend too much. Now, obviously, there's been a lot of contracts throughout the years where it's like ends up hurting teams uh, down the line because they rely too much on free agency. But other teams like the Bills, man, have really built their teams uh, at this time of the year. So 
any uh, guys that, that that jump off the the screen for you in terms of who's available? I would say you know J C Jackson was probably one of the better players to to hit the open market uh, in a while that I can remember. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one well, Toronto Armstead Charger, Chargers rumors with with J C. Yeah, Whew. Chargers rumors. Uh, Toronto Armstead is is one of the better tackles in the league who I think is going to probably have a lot of teams that would be very happy to, you know, have him. I still think Bobby Wagner's got a lot of good football left. Um, going to be interesting to see where, where he goes. Um, you know, some of the receivers, Allen Robinson, I think is still, you know, yeah, uh, a good player. Um, I'm trying to think who else. There, there, I don't know. There, there seemed to be a decent amount of depth as well. I brought up, you know, guys like Uchenna Nwosu, um, you know, who I think, you know, playing for that or, or going to get signed to that second contract around 24, 25 years old, who might be kind of coming into their prime a little bit and, and could be, you know, there could be some value on the table there, signing a guy like that. Um, well, but yeah. Lee, let's kind of let's dig into that. I mean, one of the topics I just wanted to talk about with you guys was, Maybe looking a little deeper, like who are some of the more underrated um, free agents uh, in the market? And I wanted to start off with one. I think it's underrated in, in two ways. Uh, underrated player somewhat and also underrated maybe effect that they have on, on leaving the team that they have played for. And that's uh, James Daniels, a uh, guard who played for the Bears uh, the last couple of years. Uh, I think he's going to get probably a pretty decent contract uh, as a guard whether or not that's back in Chicago or not remains to be seen. I think, you know, at this point it's like he's not re-signed. So that kind of tells me that maybe the Bears are trying to go in a different direction. And that was an offensive line that was pretty awful last year. I know he's been injured in a couple seasons, but he's one of the only really players along that line just in general that were even proven in, in any sort of way. Uh, you're still trying to build around Justin Fields. I would assume that's probably what, or at least I would hope, that the Bears are trying to make their offseason about, you know, helping Justin Fields. And James Daniels leaving, I think, would be really bad for their offensive line as a whole, which is already in a lot of trouble. No first-round picks for the Bears uh, this year either. And uh, I also think James Daniels is a, a good player and could really help out a team. Look at Cincinnati bringing in a guy like him. Uh, some of these teams maybe at the top of the draft uh, who have O-line needs, uh, like the Panthers or the Giants or the Jets, uh, can, can bring this guy in and, and plug a hole. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I just I'm looking at a list now, so now I have a little more context. Um, there's some really good. I mean, I think there's some uh, good players who are like getting older, and it's almost like sign them to a two or three year deal and just try to get the tail end of their prime out of them. Or you know, even if they're past their prime a little bit, they're still really good players. Um, I think Tyron Matthews still is a really good player, and there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be interested in him. Brandon Scherf, the guard from uh, Washington. I think is a really good player. Obviously, you got Carlton Davis um, from Tampa Bay. A guy I really like is Darius Williams, who's playing corner for the Rams. And then another older guy yep. who I think can make a huge impact as a rotational piece along the defensive line is one of my favorite players in the NFL, and that's Akeem Hicks, um, who's definitely dealt with some injury issues. But And I know he's older, but I think if you can get him on a decent deal, that can be a guy who could be a key player on your defense. He's not going to be playing very many snaps, but when he's out there, he can be really effective. So... Um, and then now, I'm, yeah, now I, there's a, there, there's some good Ryan Jensen's another guy. I think he'll probably now that Brady's back, it's there's a, there's probably more of a likelihood that he'll stay in Tampa. Um, but yeah, Tommy, go ahead. I don't think I, I don't think Ryan Jensen's staying in Tampa. I think really? uh, I don't think they can afford him from from what I've okay. uh, from what I've heard and and seen. Supposedly the that he is going to you know kind of go chase a bag and he's 31 and yeah, uh, not take a team friendly deal with Tampa. But I could I could be wrong. Uh, yeah, I was just going to kind of make a general point. I think we're kind of we're talking about the right things here, just because I think so much of free agency, Adam, like you said, is you know avoiding is really getting the value and like the depth pieces, and um, you know obviously a guy like James Conner last year for Arizona, yeah. one million got paid a million bucks and was the type of impact player. Obviously Cordell Pass and those are running backs, and I feel like I'm missing. Uh, you know, Melvin Ingram had a nice season with the with the Steelers and then the Chiefs. Um, kind of what Lee was alluding to, these veteran guys, you can kind of bring and be a rotational piece. I'm looking deep on some lists right now, um, and I was just going to bring up uh, Club Your Boy, Ode Abushi, mm. from uh, who was in Detroit and then got hurt last year with the Chargers, but has been a, a pretty good guard in the NFL. And he's 30 years old and is coming off an injury, and I think that's the type of, you know, 
a team like Cincinnati or obviously, but teams who need the uh, help on the offensive line, which a lot of teams do, you can get him on a, a really cheap kind of prove it deal, or you can take a little bit more of a risk and sign him to some term. But uh, like, it's kind of those type of guys, Jason Rett, obviously guys who've been dealing with injuries, I think are, are worth taking a shot on like the Niners did with Verrett, where obviously he gets hurt this year and was hurt in 2019, but in 2020 was one of the better corners in the league with uh, San Francisco in the, le- in the season. He was fully healthy. And these are, Again, guys, that you're paying like, you know, under five million dollars to come play for your team. So, yep. I just wanted to, I wanted to make that point. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul is another guy. I know he's getting older, but still, still a player I really like. Um, had a bad year. Lee gets Lee, Lee gets half a percent of J, JPP yeah. salary per year. Yeah. He's an official. Uh, he runs the official fan club, so he yeah, gets. To, I'm a huge JPP fan. He, uh, yeah, he didn't, he didn't have a great year last year, but he's still, I think, a pretty dominant player when he's healthy. And how about? How about Harrison Phillips, Clep? Yeah, twenty-six years old. He's hitting. He's hitting the um, market, man. Uh, I think Sebastian Joseph Day. I, we're just throwing names around. I think he's a really good player too. Um, yeah, Foyal Luokun is is one guy that I like as an underrated guy. Mm. Uh, also, like Jordan Whitehead, man. Uh, yeah, I think there's there's some names uh, kind of down here as you get into the depths. Anthony um, Barr still kind of yeah, banged Anthony up, Barr. I guess, but good player. Yeah. He would be a guy who I just hey, wants if, to go to a, a contender. Yep. Kaiser you know, White. I'm also talking backers. Yep. Um, Tyler. What about Tyler Conklin too? Tight end, 26, played really well. I think for Minnesota when uh, mm-hmm. Irv Smith was out. Tyler yeah, Conklin. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of down games. here, man. There's some depth, man. Jamison uh, Crowder, clap a few years. Yeah, I know he's back on the market, later. man. <laughs> yeah, he's back. <laughs> we begged for him to go to Detroit. Yeah. Oh God. Jabril Peppers. Um, I got a shout. I got a shout out OJ Howard too. Oh, Someone's got to nope, give OJ a nope, shot. Boo. Someone's got to give OJ Overrated. a shot. He's like Gerald I mean, this Everett. Could, this Tommy. Could, this, yeah. What about Gerald Everett? Huh? This is this I could like, be this could be say, a transition here, Tommy. I wanted to talk about some buyer beware guys. Uh, OJ Howard to me was one of those. Juju Smith Schuster is one of those to me, Clep. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be interesting to see what Juju's market is. I think OJ's buyer beware, if I, but I just. If you give him like a huge or like a big contract, but I think you could get him for so cheap that it's just worth taking a shot at 27 years old, even if he's not the player that he was drafted to be. Um, I it's still think like, what are you, bring, that, you know, like, are you are you bringing him in it, regardless of the money? It's like if you're a team who feels like they have a hole at tight end and you sign OJ Howard, it's just like I'm just saying, don't expect him to come in and be you know fill the hole necessarily. I think. That's just that's more what I'm talking about. I think a guy like Marquez Valdez Scantling is a buyer buyer beware guy. Yep, I've heard I agree. Potential Clark. ten plus mil a, a year. Whew, that's rich for me. Um, as you know, he's he was a guy who never really was able to cement himself as a number two outside of uh, Devonte Adams. So it's just like strange to me that he's getting a lot of buzz. Uh, and then Evan Ingram too, a guy to me that yep. would just be like, Absolutely. watch, don't don't start paying that guy eight plus mil a year. Um, so I think there's definitely some some landmines that some teams are are gonna buy into into the free agent class as well. And Lee, I know you brought him up as a as a Lions target, but I wouldn't I wouldn't touch Will Fuller with a ten foot pole either. So that's where I would disagree with you. I think Will Fuller still has got some good ball left. I know he Again, shattered he his does. finger last year, um, so that's kind of a scary. You he know, also had a suspension and like left the team and like. Yeah, he hasn't but been I mean, able to stay healthy in general. He I hasn't mean. been able to stay healthy. That's true, but I, I think that that can kind of come to the negotiation I, table a little bit. And when you talk about again, I think um, I was just going to say I think really real buyer beware would be a guy that you're going to give term plus you know the money. I think one uh, you know sure. Will Fuller got signed one year, ten million dollars for Miami. You know, coming off a, a the best season of his career in Houston, you know, a year ago. A year ago, this time, Will Fuller was one of you know the quote unquote prized free agents, all you know, albeit with an injury history that he's always had. But when he's healthy, with his speed, I I still think you know a team like the Lions really could use that. Obviously, being one of the more depleted wide receiver groups in the and if you're giving him a one year deal for, I, I'd rather give him a one year deal for ten million than Marquez Valdez Scantling. Obviously, I know I'm not, I don't think you are you know pair you know are championing Valdez Scantling, but we're just talking about guys with game breaking speed. I mean, I I just Will Fuller had a, as, yeah, as a I special think, player I understand when he's what you're healthy. Saying, 
there, Tommy. I also just think there's different priorities for different teams when it comes to free agency. Like, I just don't really think the Lions should be investing money into like a one-year deal for a guy when it's like they're not really going to be competing this upcoming season. Um, mm. I don't know how much Will Fuller wants to come to a, do a prove-it deal with Jared Goff. Like, I don't think those two things really align. And I think certain teams are going to be, you know, teams who are you know, have Super Bowl aspirations are going to be looking to plug holes with those <laughs> one-year contracts. And I don't necessarily think, like, uh, my point with the buyer beware and stuff like O.J. Howard or Will Fuller is just, like, don't bring them in and being like, okay, now we can go into the draft and, like, not have to address this problem, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I overall with free agency, right, it's like you see, you know, some of the more competitive teams be able to get some of the older, like, guys like Bobby Wagner's or, or Anthony Barr's maybe even for a little, little cheaper. Like, if you're the Lions, do you really want to be trying to sign Anthony Barr or Bobby Wagner? Like, I don't think so. Like, because just from where you're at from a franchise, I think teams like the Lions, teams that are picking in the top 10, are trying to find some of the younger guys who, you know, maybe have shown promise but haven't really popped off yet and are looking to, you know, come in like a, you know, Yuchenna Nuosu, for example, right? That's a younger guy who, mm-hmm. you know, has shown some promise but isn't exactly a, a top level, you know, edge. And you can come to Detroit and, and try and, and make a name for yourself. But I don't know. I just think it goes to, to the conversation that different teams have different priorities when it, when it comes to free agency. I think that's a, I think that's a, a a good and fair point, uh, Clep on on Fuller to the Lions, but um, yeah, I, I do agree with that. So, um, um, Lee, did you want to talk talk a little Lions? Maybe some some of your top you had some top guys that you were sending out. You made a little list. I did. I made a little list. Um, I already named a couple of the guys. The I think it was three guys that I specifically think the Lions should target, and it kind of piggybacks off what you were saying, Clep, where it's like kind of guys that I think are a little bit younger. They're not super young, but they're a little bit younger. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're 25, 26, 27, 28 maybe. And um, kind of got that little chip on their shoulder. Bring them to Detroit, you know, uh, immediate starters and, and, and impact players. I think guys who can step in and be one of the better players at their position just from the jump. Um, Uchenna Nuosu is the first name that I want to throw out because that would be that, that's like my dream target right there as a guy who I've always really liked. Thought he's a great complimentary edge rusher to Bosa in L.A. Still think he's underrated um, and think that the Lions would be a great landing spot for him and I think that he would ultimately get a lot of play um, as a pass rusher for the Lions. Sebastian Joseph Day is another name. Uh, not necessarily a huge need, but still a player who I just think is getting undervalued. I think he's a really good player. So... Uh, just, just got to throw his name in there. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see too. Just from the Lions' perspective, like I'd like to see Holmes sign a few guys, right? Yeah. Like, to some longer-term deals, you know, guys that potentially could be part of you know a team that competes in the future. Last year, it was a lot of you know one-term deals on on guys who, mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it, just didn't work out, right? Bashad Perriman, Tyra Williams. Yeah. Um, and I didn't think necessarily those were bad decisions. I mean, you were just trying to fill some holes and, and see what would stick and what wouldn't. But ultimately, you're not going to go very far as a rebuilding team trying to sign one-year deals and bring yeah. guys back from, from the dead, uh, so to speak. So I think just going into the season, like you said, Lee, targeting some, some younger guys who maybe aren't going to cost too much. But, I mean, heck, everywhere but offensive line, yeah, I think you can yeah. you can sign the a last, guy, right? And The last two and names I want to throw out are uh, Jabril Peppers and Leighton Van Der Esch, the two guys who I think mm-hmm. – have kind of underperformed after having kind of strong starts to their career. Um, Peppers was hampered by an injury last year. Van Der Esch has had some injury history, I think. Um, and I think those are guys who are worth, you know, giving a look, a, a long, hard look at um, because I think there's still a little bit of potential there for them to have a career resurgence. Um, also, you know, also would like to say I want to see them re-sign Tracy Walker. I mean, that hasn't happened yet. Uh, I thought he he played pretty well last year. He's been up and down, but he he was one of the guys to me that the Bob Quinn and, and Matt Patricia really ruined. And and last year he really showed up and, and started making plays again. Um, so I he's he's a you know twenty seven safety has been playing well. He's been with the team. Like I think that can be uh, not a foundational piece, so to say, but just I mean a, a piece that for sure he's a guy who can can play with you. Hopefully in the future when you're trying to compete for division titles and stuff. So. Um, I don't know. I just want them to re-sign him, and, and he hasn't been re-signed yet. So. I was going to uh, – I mean, it's interesting to bring up Walker because I was going to say for the Lions, uh, looking at Marcus May from the Jets. He's a guy who – Too expensive. Uh, come in and 
I mean, I, I, I have... is he coming um, off like an ACL or like an Achilles yeah, tear he, too? Yeah, he's coming off an injury. He is coming off an Achilles tear. Yeah, I, I was going to bring up Marcus May and Justin Reed as two guys. Uh, Justin Reed is 25 years old, and obviously he was a guy that I liked um, a lot coming out of uh, Stanford. But uh, And it kind of has disappointed in Houston over the past couple of years, but kind of fits your guys' mold of he's 25 years old, mm-hmm. and uh, you can give him some term and yeah. play a little strong safety if you're going to bring in uh, Tracy Walker. And I was going to bring up for the Lions, too, uh, Cedric Wilson. As a uh, receiver yep. that I think they should look into. Byron Pringle, baby. Um, Come on down. Yeah, Byron Pringle. I I think uh, if they can kind of uh, assemble some some twos and some threes, and then, you know, I think that could help out a lot if they're not unable to secure a true number one. So just getting good, solid, uh, versatile receivers in that room to pair with Amin Ra, who's a versatile receiver uh, in himself. Uh, I wanted to ask you guys um, just about – I was thinking about the Lions. Uh, we can we can come we can, we can keep talking about free agency, but in terms of the Lions, um, I th- maybe this is true, maybe this isn't. I just was feeling like with where they're picking uh, in the draft, at least with their first three picks, I kind of like the position that that they're in in a sense where I feel like they somewhat control, you know, the top of the draft there at two, where they can get a guy that that they like, and then with that those picks at thirty two and thirty four, I think they can kind of sit back and see how things are, are going in terms of are there runs on edges or, or receivers and they can kind of make their pick at 32 based on that and then come around at, at 34 and maybe pick up a guy that, that fell out of the, the first round. But then I also think it, it brings them a lot of options in terms of being able to potentially package those picks and, and maybe move up to the middle of the, of the first round. Um, just, you know, Tommy and Lee just, and then the, but then you got teams like, you know, the Eagles who are maybe sitting there with three picks in the middle um, I was just curious on how you guys felt about the positioning of the, of the Lions because they're kind of bookending all these rounds. It's just interesting. Yeah. Um, I think that – I really think – I want them to use the, their quantity of picks in their, in their favor. Um, I wouldn't say that I'd be disappointed to see them package those two picks together and move up, but I just think having two picks, you know, from 32 to, to you know, within – the, the the last pick of the first round and the first five of the of the second round is is a kind of a hot spot I think where you can find um, some value of, of players that maybe should have been drafted in the first round that weren't um, so I don't know I mean we'll see I think that uh, they their quantity though I want I want to see them use that in their favor you know I want to see them you know acquire a lot of a lot of guys and kind of just take swings take swings on guys. Um, don't feel like you need to package things together to go get a quarterback or go get a guy who you think is like a superstar. I just feel like it's about getting depth and getting just a, a, a kind of a high quantity of good players. Um, so yeah, I guess my answer to that would be I would I would not want to see them uh, sell two picks for one uh, at any point or anything. Like yeah, that. I was kind of thinking about like what the the Jets did last year to move up to get Barrett Tucker. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's actually a really good example where it's like I don't think that's like a stupid thing. I, I, but I also think it's like with a team like the Jets, similar to the Lions, I would rather have two picks, 15 picks later than the than the 15th pick or whatever. I'd rather have 30, yeah. 32 and, and 34. And to kind of like use it on a guard. It's yeah, like, oh. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and just in, term, yeah, in terms of them you know, picking at, at two – um, I know last pod we, we kind of touched on what, what would you do if Hutchinson went first? You know, where what are you looking at in terms of, you know, a trade trade back scenario for the Lions? Do you think it's likely? Or and then, you know, how how far would you be willing to go back? Man, I mean, so much of that depends on the offer, I feel like. I think that it's likely. Um The thing I the thing I think is most likely, honestly, is the Giants coming up to two. Um if if uh, if Hutchinson say Hutchinson goes one, I think the Giants coming up to two to get in front of the Jets and the Texans to draft a tackle. Huh, interesting. Mm. I think to go get like Evan really Neal. That's what I was thinking yeah. about, and I don't know what exactly that would cost the Giants. I would assume that they're not trying to like give up the seventh pick as well and Five just and go seven. up to two. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's as the Lions. That's probably what you'd ask for first, but then I would be fine with them. You know, maybe. Hell, if it was just a, I mean, would you, if you're the Lions, right, would you, 
I'm assuming the the Jets are probably picking like what, like 37 in the second round. Would you move back to to five for like the 37th pick? I definitely would because the way I grade the players who are we're not drafting a tackle. So you can eliminate all those guys from in the way that the rest of the players are graded in my head. It's like I don't think that there's a, a discernible difference between Kayvon Thibodeau and George Karloftis or, you know, whoever you may be your, you, your guy. Um, would you would you give up one and thirty two for five and seven? Or two and thirty two? Yes. Yeah. Two and thirty two for five and seven. Yes. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I think I would. I think I, think I would. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, if they offer you five and seven for two, I think we all think you do that. In well, the there's heartbeat. no way that's going to happen because there's not a court. That's like a yeah. quarterback trade. I feel like. Um, yeah, I think that'd be too much to, think, to give up. Like they, you'd be moving back like thirty spots to for the Giants to to go up. I don't think they would do that. It's also interesting, I think if you're the Giants, and I, I would be shocked if the Giants did that, I think the Giants will be comfortable, I mean, I could be wrong on this, but wait, just, why would they trade, I mean, unless they just think Evan Neal or whomever, or Aquanu or Cross is just so much better than the next option that it's worth just sacrificing kind of a bunch of your capital to just secure that guy, but I think the Giants would just want to, like, stand pat. I, this kind of is giving me vibes of... Uh, 20, uh, 2020, you know, when the Lions took a CUDA, where we always thought that, and and they had court, and there was quarterbacks then. There was two yeah. on Herbert. And they couldn't um, move back. And, and, yeah. they, and they couldn't move back, you know. So I, I, I have a really hard time seeing. I think if someone's going to come up to two, most likely it's going to be the Willis uh, pick. I think it's going to, I mean, right? I mean, wouldn't it have to be? I think there's more of a likelihood that, that the Lions draft Willis if that, if that, if there's a team that's willing to trade up to the second pick to get Willis, yeah, I don't think so, Tommy, because I think either the Lions are picking Willis or they aren't, and yeah. it's like the Lions wouldn't move out of it if they're not going to pick Willis. And if then Willis if goes second, it's going to be to the Detroit Lions. Yeah, and I think if if you're trading up for Willis, then you're either trading up to one with to the Jags, or you are trying to get ahead of the Panthers. Mm. Yeah, because I, I, unless yeah. unless you know it, for some reason, then it's like. I don't think you're trying to go all the way up to two necessarily um, when you could just go up to three, four, three or four with the Texans or the Jets who probably would. And, I mean, who's to say that the Texans would potentially draft Willis? I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Um, was um, there any, um, any other free agency ideas you guys wanted to toss out? Because I had one other little uh, draft thing maybe we could talk about, but... Didn't want to close the book on free agency yet. Any, maybe any like a, a a pairing, like a team and a player that you guys would like to see uh, get together. Um, it's a good question. Do you have any, Adam? You know, I was, I, I uh, not necessarily. I think I'd like to see you know Odell sign back with the Rams. Um, I don't know what he'll cost or what the Rams cap space is, but I think I'd like to see him just just sign back. Um, I want to see. I'd like to see where Mariota goes. I think he's an interesting guy to me. Um, what do you guys think of the Mariota Colts rumor? Supposedly, I think it's interesting. I don't know. Like, how bad is yeah, I do how too. bad is Marcus Mariota? Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, would you rather have yeah. Mariota or Jameis? Like, I get. Would you I, rather have Mariota or Wentz? I, rather, uh, I think that's a question. Yeah. I think I'd rather have Mariota at this point because I forgot about him. Yeah. So I don't. Know. I think I don't some know. of the quarterback situations are interesting. Um, I think Trubisky would be a buyer beware. I don't know what he's. I think get. the Colts would yeah. be stupid for getting Mariota. Yeah, I think that so would be I, really. Stu- I think the Colts need to be set on getting like. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is the worst quarterback the Colts should be targeting. <laughs> like that, like yeah. he sh- there, you shouldn't be targeting anyone who's worse than Jimmy G, because you have a Super Bowl roster in my opinion, um, and you're not getting any younger. You know. These guys are Darius Leonard's in his prime. Quinn Nelson's in his prime. Your offensive line's really good. Your team, you know, the team was 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 good last year, and Wentz kind of got in the way of that. And I don't know. I think if they just had a average, above average quarterback who didn't make that many mistakes, they'd be in a lot better shape. So, I think Tyran Matthew to the Patriots. That's just one I thought of. 
would be kind of interesting. I just think he's a really high IQ player, and uh, him and Bill Belichick might be like a match made in heaven. I got um, this might be a little I I don't know if I but Ryan Jensen to the Jets, like Ryan Jensen to the Jets, try and build that lineup in in the interior for for Zach Wilson. Um. Yeah, I guess that's. I really would like to see Allen Robinson find a home with a quarterback that could get him the ball. Um, yeah, I think I, I think he, he deserves that at this point in his career. Um, you know what about what about uh, Akeem Hicks to the Chargers? Yeah, that that could be good. I mean, they they don't have reunite him and Khalil. We didn't we didn't touch on the Mac trade as well, but the Chargers going out and getting Khalil. Maybe they can get Akeem Hicks on a on a discount contract. Yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah, that's everything I can think of right now. I don't know. I haven't. I didn't think of too many. It's gonna be interesting to see where Jameis goes. I think Jameis is probably better than Mariota. Um, yeah, I do too. So. Um, he's definitely cool. better than Mason Rudolph. That's for sure. Yeah, it'll be fun to fun to react to all of uh, the landing spots uh, next week. Uh, just wanted to have a, a little conversation about some of these draft prospects at the top. Talk to you guys about maybe some some ceilings and floors in terms of where they would go in the draft, like where you guys think mm-hmm. the highest pick they could go and, and a place maybe in, in the first round, sticking with kind of first-round prospects, like where you think there's no way that they would get past a, a certain team at a certain point. Sound good? Yep. Yeah, let's do cool. it. Um, I guess I wanted to start out with uh, Stingley, man. I think he's a, a guy, you guys probably know a little bit more about him than, than I do. Some people have him above Sauce Gardner. Some people say, oh, you know, the last two years have been been bad. They're not going to, you know, maybe a high-risk, high-reward type of player. Um, where do you think, you know, is kind of the highest he could go in the first round? Where do you think is the lowest? You know, any chance maybe even that he falls out of the first round, do you think, um, with Stingley? I would have a hard time seeing him getting past the Ravens at 14. Yeah, I think that's. I was gonna say. I was gonna say twenty, but I think fourteen is probably better. Yeah, the Ravens. I think is such a good fit for him too. I don't know. In I corner, think a lot of cornerbacks. About the, Derek the, the, the secret is out with kind of corner. The value of cornerbacks and stuff, and you're seeing them getting drafted higher. Um, I think all it really takes is is one a couple teams to have him higher than Gardner in their rankings, and and you know. And also, I mean, Stingley has has had a pretty rough last couple his last two years. But his freshman year at LSU, he was one of the you know, he was the best corner in college football, and he was probably the best freshman corner of all time potentially. That might oh, be a historically statement. But I mean, that championship year, he was with a lot of other NFL players on that. He was the best player on their defense as a freshman. So that's a defense. That's a I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that's true. Who is better than him on the defense? I don't know. They had some really good players on that defense. Like Patrick Queen is on that defense, wasn't he? He was. Um, he was. Grant Delpit was on the defense. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He, 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 Caleb on chase on. I mean, I, I think Stingley, I mean, he was. The best player on the defense? I don't know. Maybe, you know, uh, just kind of a, you know, he was, he was obviously really good. But I just think it's a cornerback, like the cornerback value thing. Like if a guy – is, you know, unless there's off-the-field stuff, if he's like a first-round talent most of the time, or injury stuff, which Stingley doesn't really have. I mean, he's been banged up before, but there's not been any, like, serious injuries. Um, they're probably going to go. He might have a Liz Frank. I think Did I he? Well, then that, then that would lead me to believe that he might drop further. If there's a, if there's a you know, injury history that's more, you know, involved than I than I. Yeah, that's why he didn't work out at the combine. Um, he was getting into running as of March fifteenth. I saw so some reports that like or on March fifth that he was his stock was kind of going down too. So maybe hey maybe he falls out of the top twenty. I don't know. I'm gonna say twenty. I'm gonna say twenty. That'd be the Steelers, baby. <laughs> they they probably could use him. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I generally agree. I, I think maybe uh, maybe even Philly, you know, at sixteen could could be the floor, fifteen, sixteen, where they're where they're picking back to back there uh, would would be an interesting spot uh, for for Stingley mm. to go to. Got Slay there, put in a, a guy like Stingley across from him. Uh, they they're missing out on that CB two 
type of player. And also, when you have three first-round picks, it's like, why not take a yep. shot on a talent yep. like him? Um, Jamison Williams. Guy towards ACL, but obviously is, is still extremely talented. Where do you guys think kind of the, his ceiling and floor is? I think he could fall out of the first I mean, round for sure. I was going to say the Lions at 32. I don't think he gets out of the first round. I think he could fall. I think he could fall out of the first round for sure. The Bills at 25, the Chiefs, the Packers, they're not going to take where, James where do you guys Williams. Think on, would, would, where do you guys think Jamison Williams would be considered if he um, didn't tear his ACL? I think, I think there'd 20. be a more general consensus of him being the best receiver in the draft if he, if he didn't. Um, I don't even know how big of a deal the ACL injury is anymore. You see so many guys come back from it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I could see him falling out of the first round just because I think the receivers are kind of like all over the map. And um, there is obviously the ace, the, the very recent ACL injury. So yeah, I think I, I like Tommy was saying 25, 26. I think if he gets to 25, it's like, all right, you're already six or seven picks away from him going out of the first round. I think he, I, I think he, I, well, he could go high second round. I think there's a reality where he goes. The reason, just the reason I say that is because 25 is the Bills, and then you have the Bills, the Bucks now with Brady coming back, the Chiefs, the Packers, and then the Lions at 32, who all I think would have a hard time passing on him. I don't think they'd have that hard of a time. They all need... You know, a team like the Bills, man, with Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs, and then you have a deep threat like Jamison Williams, who's just more than just a deep threat too. He's a pretty, uh, just a pretty damn good complete receiver in terms of like he's not just like you know. I think he's better than Rugs, not as fast as him, but I also think he could go really Ruggs. high too. You know, I also think he could. I, I also think he can. Uh, there could be a team that really likes him and, and is willing to wait the recovery phase out and they just have him as kind of far and away the number one guy. So I think there might be, there's a big disparity there of, of, of where he could land, I think. One of the other questions I wanted to have, if you uh, if you guys were the bookmakers for Bovada, say Bovada brings in Gooch back and they say, uh, Gooch, I don't like this. To, I already don't we, like this. We need to make, we need you to make some odds on this. I would say, uh, what are the odds that uh, Jordan Davis goes in the top 10? Um, I'd put it at like ten percent. No, I think there's a legit. I think there's a legit shot he goes top ten. I'd say you could get yes on Jordan Davis going top ten at like plus three fifty, and no would be like I don't know minus six hundred or six fifty or something like that. Whatever the math is on that, um, those probably aren't very welcoming odds, but um. Yeah, I would take a shot on that too. I think, I think, I totally think he could go top ten. Totally, I think so too. It might be one of my yaps. What's up? It might be one of my yaps. Ooh, we just got the first joining you, club. The first yap. The first yap call here on uh, March thirteenth, <laughs> Selection Sunday. First yap of draft season. I, I want to. I think that's a great yap, club. I'm gonna join you. You're, All right, so we pencil it in. We just got a co-sign on the app, on the app. All right, we're making it official, I guess. Uh, on March thirteenth, you know, so we'll, we'll say it now. Maybe by draft day, this is a foregone conclusion. But March fifteenth, I'll, I'll put a yap on Jordan Davis going top ten. But like, so I he, want it to happen. I believe in it. So I, it's not like uh, one of those like you know Daniel Jones yaps where you're you're taking. So if he does go over. top ten, you take a yap. Yeah, and I'm toasted to my man. I like him. I think he's a top ten player. Uh, oh, okay, beautiful. I don't know, Tom, did you have a different interpretation? <laughs> I did. Well you, you can you I just don't think I just don't think he's gonna go top ten because I don't think oh, that so you were you were taking a top a 10 on, player. That, on that he doesn't go top ten? Uh yeah. Right. Yeah. Good. Well I'll take an opposition. Yeah. Tom leave it to Tommy Chalk to say that what I just made minus six fifty is his yeah. <laughs> And you're taking the plus. Well, I said I was going to make it one. I was going to say make it minus one thousand. I think I don't think there's a very. I think it's a very low possibility that he goes top ten. Well, I would bet. I, I would bet I, yes on your book then, not mine. <laughs> yeah, I give. I mean, if you're giving, what is that? What should I give? At least plus five hundred or. Yeah. 
something along those lines. All right, that was, that was those are my three guys I wanted to talk about. Any uh, any other little draft nuggets you guys want to bring to the table? Um, I think the the quarterback the over three and a half quarterback conversation is really interesting. I don't really know what I yeah. feel about it yet. Uh, but I do I, think I, it's really among the same vein of the of the Jamison Williams question. Like, how do you guys think Kenny Pickett would be considered if he didn't have like eight and a half inch hands? Not that much differently. I already think he's getting too I much think, uh, love, obviously. I mean, I think you saw pre-hands report, like, Kenny Pickett was getting really hyped up in January, kind of up right, going up into the Senior Bowl. He was kind of like the hot quarterback name. So, I mean, I do think that the hands thing is a little bit, is, is relevant for sure. Um, but I think, you know, I think if it's, and this is the case with pretty much every quarterback, I think some teams think that, He's like a top 15 talent, and some teams think that he's like a day three guy. You know, I, I, I'm sure like the disparity is is that wide on him and pretty much every other quarterback in the draft. So that's why, just to Lee's point, it, it makes it really uh Would you guys consider Kenny really Pickett to be a first-round lock? No. 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 Okay. Because I was reading Establish the Run has posted some of their draft props, and they took – over three and a half quarterbacks at like plus one eighty five or something, and they said that Willis and Pickett were locks to go in the first round, and that between Corral, Ritter, and I don't even know if it was Strong, Howell, Howell, and Howell, Howell. yes, though that two of those guys will go. Um, I don't know. I kind of think I disagree. I don't know. But then there's you know. It is. It is interesting. I think the odds on it are, are interesting. You can get you know plus one eighty five or plus one seventy five on on over three and a half quarterbacks. Um, I tend to think that three are going to go, man. I I think my lock would just be on three because I think Willis is a lock, and then I just think two. I think two other quarterbacks. I think there's at least three quarterbacks going. Um, and I and I do think that Ritter is going to go in the first round too. And then I and then in between Howell and Corral and I guess Pickett, I think one of those guys is going to go too. And and we're starting to see you know that right now it's is I mean is Seattle going to pass on a quarterback at nine and ride with Locke if they don't get Deshaun Watson or they should I assume the Niners aren't going to trade him Jimmy G. They should they um, should ride with Locke. That's coming from the biggest lock hater on the planet. <laughs> why? Why would you draft a quarterback? Like, why would you over draft a quarterback? That ninth pick is valuable, and they have a lot of holes on their team. I think so. Um, yeah, I could totally see them passing on a quarterback. Yeah, they, they're organizational hubris. They probably think Locke is like going to be good with them. Um, yeah. Well, there was a report like, yeah, don't be surprised if one of these you know insider guys said, don't be surprised if Locke is a starting quarterback. Yeah. Uh, week one for Seattle. Um, I did just see, maybe I can get you guys live reaction, that uh, along with the Jets and the Commanders, the Lions are reported to have interest in Marcus Williams, who's kind of the consensus number one safety. Well, that's yeah, Aaron Glenn New Orleans. Yeah. Aaron Glenn, yeah. yeah. Not surprising. I mean, that'd be... Um, and that's a guy that, you know, they might have to pay it, might have to make him the most expensive safety in the NFL. He might get the biggest, one of the bigger safety contracts yeah, uh, in the league. So I don't know. I mean, he's twenty. He's I like 24, 25, right? Yeah, he is indeed. Um, he's a Utah guy, right? Yep. Looking at my, I mean, the 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 PFF projected contract for him is uh, four years uh, for sixty four and a half million dollars total, which is sixteen point thirteen yeah. a year. It's probably going to take a lot fifteen of money. to sixteen. Yeah, I mean, but then it's like. Man, if you can sign Marcus Williams, re-sign Tracy Walker, and then get like a linebacker, man, like your defense is is turning around really, really fast. And then add an you know add an oh, edge, hell, man, add two edges. I wouldn't you know like can you think? I mean, there's a situation where the Lions could take Hutchinson or Kayvon at two, and then at 32 take another edge, right? And and all of a sudden you've got four young guys along the defensive line that are day one and day two picks. And you've got you know a free agent linebacker. You've got two good safeties. You've got Okuda, Omani, and um, you know Ify kind of 
battling out for those those cornerback spots. Um, man, I have a I have a question, you know, for you, Adam, and also for Lee, I guess too. But I, I don't. I'm curious to see what you think, Adam. Like, with the, the Lions are interesting at 32 because let's assume that you know they pass on quarterback at two. It's like, do you want them to take a quarterback at 32? Even though Not really. I don't know if you agree with me, I think that swinging on quarterbacks is like worth it, and I and I and I think teams should do that, and I think it's always you know worth taking a shot at it just because of the value of the position. But the likelihood in this draft class that if the Lions take a quarterback at thirty-two, he's not worth his salt in a year or two, and you know they pass on a bunch of good players at the end of the first round, top of the second round. Yeah, I mean, um, I completely. Agree. I think it's kind of high. I, I, I'm in like lockstep with you on the strategy of like, if you don't have a quarterback, you need to be taking swings until you get one, um, for sure. But at the same time, like that strategy also has to mix with your scouting, and it's just like if you know, say a guy like Sam Howell is available at 32, but your scouting and your ranking on him has him as like a third to fourth round guy who's a career backup. Like, are you really, like, going to draft a guy like him at 32? And he's like, oh, well, maybe we're wrong. Like, I don't think that's, you know, the good, a good yeah. way to go about it either. To, it, just to me, it's it's really? like, I don't see, you know, God, I mean, it's so tough. I just think, like, in terms of the quarterbacks, a lot of them are just so, they're just so flawed to me this year. And outside of Malik, it's like, I understand why Malik gets the hype that he does. It's purely because of the athletic ability and, and the arm. And, and there's not much there, but at, at least you kind of have those, like, uncoachable things. Just so when it when it comes to the other quarterback, it's, it's just, like, to me, all of them are, are pretty limited in, in some other way. Um, and I would just – I just want to see him fill out the roster. I just want to see him fill out the yeah. roster. You got two first-round picks next year. Obviously, you know how I felt about Justin Fields last year. I think they kind of missed – they're just, like, a year too late, it feels like. It's like, oh, like now the yeah. all of a sudden this offseason the Lions are interested in a quarterback and you didn't really hear that at all last offseason. It's just like, what were you guys thinking last year? Like, so uh, anyway, that's just to, to kind Lee, of digress. I think it's it's possible though. Lee, would you take Howell at 32? Like say you get Hutchinson at 2, would you take Howell at 32? Um, yeah, I think I would. I think I'd take Howell or Strong at 32. I would 100% take Strong at 32. Because I think Howell and Strong, in my opinion, project as NFL starters. And I think that you can start them immediately. And I, I just I just think, like, wishing upon a star that you're going to get a superstar quarterback is kind of, like, not necessarily the right way to go about it. And if you can get a guy who is productive and is a starter, you know, I think you gotta, kind of got to do it. Especially at a discounted price. Drafting a starting quarterback with the 30-second pick, I think, is on a rookie contract who's 21 or 22 years old, I think is a pretty smart thing to do. Yeah, least, I know, think I, I, I agree. I agree, Lee, with the caveat of, like, if they take a quarterback, say they take a quarterback at 32, I don't want – I don't know what that would do to, like, the organizational mindset. But if they are picking then, like, again in the top five next year and there's, like, a good quarterback available then – I would hope that they still like have the mentality of like taking a guy. Yeah, Especially totally. If, like Carson yep. Strong or Sam Howell, like don't play that well or whoever. Yeah. You know. Heck, I mean, they could pick Ritter, man. I mean, they could pick anyone there at thirty-two. Well, it's just like and, it's just like the Texans if Davis Mills or if if uh, if they had the number one pick this year and there was a really good quarterback. Yeah. Like, let's say it was like, oh, there's a you know a Joe Burrow this year, and the Texans had the number one pick, and it's like you just drafted Davis Mills and he played well or whatever. But it's like even Davis sorry. Mills though is still like a third round pick. I think it's a different mentality if you took the guy in the first round, honestly. Like, yeah, it comes it comes down to uh, kind of. I like guess the Hertz, Dolphins Hertz would be like more apt, or yeah, or Tua. Tua's yeah, even they, more... they still took him like third overall though. Like, I think taking a guy at the end of the first round, I would just hope that they don't just rest on their laurels and be like, oh, we got the guy, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I just think getting a quarterback who I think is better than Jared Goff immediately. And, and I also think, well, well, yeah, sorry, Lee, just to cut you off, but I think if you take a quarterback at 32, I think you have to start him, right? I would yeah, hope so. You absolutely have I would to start hope so. Him. Even if he's not ready, even if he's not ready, you have to start well, him. Well, it doesn't matter right? if he's like, not ready because not, him not being ready is just going to result in you losing what you're going to do regardless. It's not like Jared Goff is, like, ready. You know what Jared Goff is. 
So it's like if you just kind of yep. – and I think that can help a quarterback's growth a la Davis Mills where it's like you know you're not – like it's kind of just like go out there and play and go go get the feel for the, the speed of the game in the NFL. And then next year when we have another two picks in the first round, if you're decent, we can build around you. And if there's a superstar quarterback that we think is a superstar, then we're going to draft him because then we have a superstar quarterback and that answers a lot of your problems in the NFL. But that's a good problem to have. Well, and and it is a good problem to have because you can move, you know, look at, I mean, the Eagles can move Jalen Hurts, I'm sure, for for something. And it's a, uh, you know, it, it, you know, having the tra- exactly. trade piece and Howell or, it's an or Strong could. It's an investment. I'm, it is. Unless they're like a total disaster, then you're, you're pretty much going to get, you know, you'll, you'll get 70 cents on the dollar if, if. If you end up living in the reality where you end up where you draft a superstar quarterback because your team was so bad and there was one the next year, you can probably sell that guy for a third round pick, you know, and you know, you take that loss for a superstar quarterback. I think, but I th- I still think that your 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 head is in the right place. Um, and then hey, there's there's that upside too where it's like maybe you were wrong in the way where you limited him and, and Carson Strong or Sam Howell is really good. Hey, stop. Sorry, Mike. My cat's scratching this box. It's irritating me. Um, maybe they're really good. You know, like you don't know. What if it turns out Howell or Strong or whoever is like a gamer and they're and they play really well? And then it's like whoa. You know, you can draft quarterbacks later that are you know good. If you well, and then if that's kind of the other thing that maybe Adam and I have to contend with is if he's really good. Then you got like you got Aiden Hutchinson and a franchise exactly. quarterback in the first exactly. round, which is which is you know yeah you got potentially the two best players in the draft. Like you're talking about that type of thing. So and that's the upside of just taking the swing on the quarterback that we were talking about. Is that uh, does that wrap it up? I think that does it. Tight sixty. Yeah. Um, excited to see what happens in free agency, man. Very. And to continue to monitor kind of these draft, uh, these lines of this this draft market is crazy. Yeah. Crazy. So. Wonder if but, there's some value now, like on Evan Neal, man, to go first. Yeah, there probably is. Mm. There probably is. You kind of yeah. got to think con- like a contrarian a little bit. Yep. Um, and I think you, I think you also have to assume that Neal's pro day is gonna like give him a bunch of hype too, where he like works out. Yeah. Because that's what you know. Yeah, I did. Let me just say quickly, like, I don't think Cam Robinson and, like, Walker Little is, like, the good way to go forward if you're the Jags. Like, I I completely agree. I don't get franchise tag. And, I mean, I guess they can afford it, but, like, paying Cam Robinson $16 million. Can Cam Robinson, like, go down to guard? Isn't he, like, a little shorter? I just don't know why you would franchise tag him if you're going to put him at guard. When you can get yeah, a guy like Ode I don't, Ibushi. I don't know why you would either. Yeah, I agree. Especially because if he like walks, he'll get like a decent contract and you'll get a comp pick. I think Chris Olave to be the first receiver drafted at thirty-five to one is like bananas. I thought it was just twelve to one. Yeah. No, I checked on FanDuel on DraftKings. Wow. It was twelve to one. On FanDuel, it's thirty-five to one, and that's when you see some of those disparities. It's like you kind of should take advantage of that because. The market is that just proves that the market is completely unsure of what's going to happen. And I already, the, the, the receiver the receiver rankings seem like all over the map. They're like some all over have, the map. Some people have like Drake London and Traylon Burks as their big players, and others yep. have like you know Jamison Williams. Even you know just just say forget the yeah, ACL. Um, well, and then other people have thing. like Olave and Wilson yeah. or like Dotson. Man, I mean, I've seen Sky Moore at the end of some first round mocks. Man, yep. yeah. I watched him. I liked him, but I was like, eh. he's like a slot dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, the receivers are interesting, man. Yeah, Lee, I think I think Christian gonna, Watson too, man. I want. I Christian would like. Watson. I would love for the Lions to pick him at thirty-two or thirty-four if he's there. Yeah, I mean, he's he he is raw though. Like it, there there are some, you know, I saw some cold some Christian Watson cold water because I like the highlights of him. I didn't really I didn't grind his tape at all. Are insane, and he's obviously an athletic specimen. He's got some Galladay vibes. Always oh, a guy from North Dakota. Young Galladay. Yeah, he, dude, he's like 6'4", yeah. like 210, and runs like a 4'4". Four, four. Did he play with Lance? And his releases. Yeah, he played with Lance. Yeah. yeah. 
He was like Lance's number one guy. He, he caught a lot of his bombs. Yeah. His, his releases are are stupid for a dude who's six four, six five, whatever he is. Um, he's fast too. I mean, and they they put him on like jet sweeps and stuff. Like, kid's athletic as hell. It's crazy. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say I don't think he's a first round guy just based off the Lance tape. But maybe I need to do a little bit more deep digging. <laughs> maybe we'll do a little bit more work on that. Um, yeah, we'll see. I just think 35 to 1 is great value for Olave, who I've seen. I know it's really early, but you see him in, as the first receiver taken in some mock drafts. It's just like, you know, so. Yep. Well, Olave, I think, has an incredibly high floor. So, I mean, what, $10 bet would be 350 bucks. Yep. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Club just saw. Club just saw. Had a little daydream <laughs> about how he's going to spend that three. Maybe just put a hundred on it. Yeah, well, that that would be what I would do. <laughs> Get thirty five hundred, pay rent for a couple months. Yeah, lay low. Exactly. <laughs> maybe take a nice little trip. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, I. What's up, Tommy? I also wanted to say too. Um, I know I was a, a big fan of his last year, and I and I still think he's a great player. But I think Amon Ross St. Brown is is a number two, and mm-hmm. I don't think the Lions should be viewing him as like this future. You know, I still think like they need to completely agree. Kind of keep that, keep those options open, and it's very early. It is. I mean, it's been, it's not the same, but maybe this is just because we're we're I'm you know I'm. I'm plugged into dynasty football and, and all that. There seems to be, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown's value, I think, is, like, incredibly high when it comes to, like, fantasy. Um, and I'm not saying the Lions think this, but I I think that he is a, he is a number two. Uh, and the Lions shouldn't be under any, or Lions fans maybe shouldn't be under any, uh, you know, false. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think he had a great end of the year. So, I also would say, like, depending on what they do in the draft, like, I'm not going to be, like, upset if the Lions go into the season with, like, Cephas, Reynolds, and Amon Ra again. Like honestly, I'm not. I think that's. I think that's a bad. Yeah, one, I man. do too. I don't I, know. I like, how bad really is it? With that. Really it's terrible. Like it was bad last it's year. Terrible. It was bad last I just, year. I don't, know. I don't mind. I don't mind waiting. But like, if you're addressing, I'm saying like you're. I'm saying you're addressing other positions too. Like I mean. It, but but where does the where does the wide receiver room rank on the like the that has to be the one maybe the weakest unit. In the NFL, and, the, and a huge need for the Lions. Patriots too, so have probably worse. I mean, it's it's a bottom five unit. All I'm yeah, it's like this is, is a pretty good receiver class. I don't see why. Yeah, I, I'm not. Again, I'm. I'm yeah. I understand it. Just just saying, like I think Lions fans like want to sign like Allen Robinson to like a, a three year like you know forty million dollar deal or something. Yeah, I mean, I think Allen Robinson is a masochist if he does that. But yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm just saying, it's just like. Eh. I think you can wait another year, especially if you're addressing things like edge or linebacker. Um, they have two third-round picks, too. They have that comp yep. pick and a third-round pick. I mean, I think you, you know, just like you did with Amon Ra last year. Yeah. Like, wide receiver was still a need need last year, and, you know, they had, who, who am I forgetting about? Tyrell Williams and, you Rashad. know, Rashad Perriman. And it's like, yeah, that's that's like really mediocre. And you, and you saw yeah, how terrible. bad their receivers terrible. were last terrible. year. It was terrible. Rashad Perriman didn't even make the team. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And, you know, they took a, a, a swing on Amon Ra, who was a really productive college receiver, and, and he showed up in the NFL. Um, and they should keep they should keep that philosophy. I think they will. I would be shocked if the Lions went into the next season with the same guys, pretty much, as they're like big three. I agree. Especially considering they have those two picks at the end of the first round and the beginning of the second. I think it's kind of prime territory to yeah, I agree. scoop up a guy. So anyway. Alright boys. Good stuff. Good chat. Tommy, one. Two draft two draft season. Two draft day. <laughs>